Hello and welcome to the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast episode 140. I almost forgot where we were. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) My name is Samantha Blackman uh, and I am an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. Um, and I am joined tonight um, by uh, one of our usual co- one of our usual co-hosts. I guess she would be Alicia Carabinus, and a special guest, uh, Joshua Edwards. Um, and I'm going to tell you more about him in just a second. Uh, but uh, so we're going to have a great conversation tonight, as usual, when we have a guest, and we're going to be polite and we're going to do all the wonderful things that we usually do. Um, uh. Okay, I'm going to try to do all the things we usually do and be polite. How's that? All right. Um, So let me tell you a little bit about Joshua. Um, He's a game designer at Blind Squirrel Games um, who has worked on projects like Mafia 3, go figure, um, XCOM 2, and Bioshock, uh, the collection. Um, So, of course, he's here tonight because of my uh, immediate obsession, shall we say, with Mafia 3. Um, And because he just seems like an all-around cool dude, right? Um, but while working on Mafia 3, Joshua lived in Nevada. Is that what it is? I should have asked that before. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's a place in California I've never heard of. Um, and he collaborated with Hangar 13, um, of course, on Mafia 3 for three months. A 13, <laughs> yes, for three months. Um, <laughs> like numbers, numbers. That's why I'm in the English department. It was a really simple game, actually. Surprise. <laughs> um, <laughs> But before crossing over into professional um, game development, he worked as um, a lead overnight instructor at uh, ID Tech and, and Stanford, and he conducted research on gamifying West African history and culture uh, with the University of California, Irvine. And I want to ask him about that, too, because that sounds like a really interesting project. But Joshua, is there anything I forgot to add? Oh, that's, that's about it. That's, the, that's most of the resume <laughs> right <Yay>. there. <laughs> All the wonderful things. All right, Alicia Carabinas, not that you are not as exciting and interesting, but people know you. Who are you, darling? Well, I mean, you just said my name, so we got that part out of the way. Okay, that's easy. Uh, I am a PhD student at Purdue University. I work with Sam, who is my boss in all of the things. I study video games. Big surprise. Apparently, I'm going to study cultural rhetorics in video games. I've had a revelation in the last couple of weeks. Very <laughs> exciting. I'm super thrilled. Uh, I like to talk about games. I like to talk about people who play games. Mm-hmm. Which is the important modifier. That's me. Mm. People. I've been yelling all day about bodies. Yelling at people. Bodies matter, damn it. Right. So, yeah. But uh, I, we'll probably get into some of that tonight. Go figure. Um, so before we do, we're going to do our usual, what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking, drinking. <laughs> Joshua, <laughs> what have you been pl- uh, playing lately? Um, I mean, the, just because I've been working on the project and still currently working on that project. I mean, I've been playing Mafia the most, mm-hmm. um, to switch it up a little bit. I guess I, it's more interesting to say what I've been watching recently, Mm. Um, I've been on Netflix. I've been watching a lot of uh, Black Mirror. Oh, me too. <laughs> Ruining me. Uh, mm-hmm. Where I can only watch 
probably about two episodes a night, and then I'm done for. Do you know some night. people like marathon that shit? Mm-mm. Can you think I of a worse no. thing to do with your life? I have no idea how they do that. Mm-mm. That, that shit would that, give me nightmares that, all night long. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-mm. There's a certain caliber of people that like once you if you've marathoned that show, you probably are capable of doing like or or being put in the war or something. Like you have the resilience of someone that just went through some shit for the most part. Or you're a serial killer. I don't know. <laughs> that too. I mean I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> But definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's what I've been playing slash watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got done reading um, uh, this collection of short stories by Henry Dumas called The Ark of Bones, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Um, he's old, this old, you know, African-American writer, does mostly like, I guess, kind of the um, uh, before... I guess like Afrofuturism was like a, a term. He was kind of the purveyors of such. So pretty interesting there. And then what I'm drinking, IPA. I don't know if people can see that, but uh, Stone Ruination. Uh, Stone is one of my favorite breweries since it's local to California. So oh. Stone as well as uh, Lagunitas are some of my favorites. Uh-huh. And it's an IPA. Well, no. you know, you're, 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 you were good until you said that, but okay, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you around okay. even though you're drinking an IPA. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk it back a little bit because I haven't read Ark of Bones, but I know this guy because he's from Arkansas. Yes. That's where I grew up. Yes. So I've heard of him. You know, he died super young. Yeah. Yes. He um, so actually, sad. it wasn't him that released any of his short stories. He mostly held them to himself. Um, right. If I, Got that correct. It was um, one of his associates that decided to edit his work and release them all as like one uh, volume of short stories. It's pretty, it's very small, um, yeah. but uh, it's, it's a pretty interesting read. I've heard good things. I've heard, but I've never gotten around reading. I'm going to go put it on my list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I probably wouldn't put there. Uh, it, it's not as comparable to like Octavia Butler or uh, uh, I mean Ishmael Reed, <laughs> right? But um, uh, definitely, I would say like a good read. I would put it up there. Righteous. Cool. All right. What about you, Alicia Carabinas? Uh, I've been playing Hearthstone. I'm such a nerd <laughs> now, you guys. It's I think I'm incurable. Uh. You know, for the first couple of months, I really struggled because I, you know, I've been talking about this. It's an ongoing thing. I started playing earlier this year, and it's hard at first because Blizzard mm-hmm. wants you to buy a whole bunch of stuff, and I don't want to buy a whole bunch of stuff because I'm a grad student and I'm poor as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been like struggling to get cards, and you can't like trade with your friends or anything. So it's been like really hard. But in the last like month or so, finally, I'm to a point where I have good stuff. Uh huh. And so I'm playing really well, and so I don't want to stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten to the point where, like, I'm bribing myself to do work. Like, okay, if you read this chapter, you can go yep. play a game. If you write a page and a half, you got to do the half. You can play a game. Right. I mean, the extra half is important. 
Yeah, <laughs> but because it's like you can play one game and then stop. It's it's really good for that, but it's also really bad because I can. It's on my phone. It's on my Kindle. It's on my computer. Yep. Y'all, and the, the well, fucking world championships are happening right now. I I do not watch let's plays. <laughs> I don't watch people play games. I have watched world championships. I watched two matches and then I hated myself afterward. But. I, I'm. It's 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 done. It's over. I don't think I'm playing anything else right now. I guess I played. I played a little more Hacknet because we're still working on that study. But that's pretty much it. I was supposed to play Mafia and then I didn't. Now I'm an asshole because you're here on the podcast. Hey, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, an asshole. I know I'm but, an asshole. In in all fairness, I forgot that it was a podcast night. But. Since we're doing all the things at once, I can say excitedly, I've turned things around because I, I found the perfect book for me. I'm reading the shit out of that right now. It's called, I want everybody out there to like hold on to your butts because mm-hmm. this is so good. It's called Playful Identities, The Ludification of Digital Media Cultures. <laughs> and it's these European game scholars who I've decided are my people and I'm going to like defect Whoa. just to Europe as a whole. And I'm going to go over there and be with y'all because you guys have, you know what's happening. But it's about uh, gamic elements in culture now, since since games are such a, a strong part of our lives. How that kind of mentality has crept into other parts of our lives—it's so good. Where has this been all my life? <laughs> oh. I'm so excited, and I'm drinking grapefruit vodka because that's what I do when I play Hearthstone. Oh, grapefruit vodka's good. Um. Well, I guess it's my turn. I'm sorry, I took all the space. No, that's fine. We can take all the space. <laughs> We're having a conversation. Well, I can say one thing that I've been playing, and this should be of no surprise to anyone. Is it Mafia? I am playing a whole hell of a lot of Mafia 3, man. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, and, and you know, and people are like, what What the hell do you mean you playing a whole lot of Mafia 3? I'm playing a whole lot of Mafia 3. This game is kind of just fucking amazing to me. So... And, you know, and I'm not going to say it's the perfect game. I'm sorry, Joshua. It's not the perfect game. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm right there with you. But there are certain elements of this game that are fucking amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I will find myself, sometimes I'll just, like, get in a car and start driving around so that Mm -hmm. I can hear what's on the radio, Mm -hmm. right? So if it's, you know, it's between, like, like, People doing call-ins on the radio and talking about kind of the political and racial environment of New Bordeaux, right? Yeah. And I'm listening to this, and I'm like, this is fucking amazing, right? So, they, I mean, just to hear the way that people are talking about this, I don't want to talk about this too much because, damn, I'm writing about this too. So I don't want to, like, give away all my shit. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but the way that people kind of are talking about what's going on in New Bordeaux mm-hmm. is pretty amazing because it feels like it's obvious right that um that the writers were thinking specifically not only about what would have could have should have was happening um in the south in 1968 um but are trying to show some distinct connections between the racial and political atmosphere in 1968 and the racial and political atmosphere right now. Yeah. Um, so it's like a fucking gut puncher. You're like, well, shit, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> it was like, that was what, 47 years ago? Yeah. 
and <laughs> I, I think the, the general I, I think the general goal of at least their, the narratives that they're trying to push forward was that um, a lot of it is in order to show you know uh, what was happening in the past that it's very much a cycle it's still it's still you know happening today yeah. as it is right now as yeah. it as with most media that are that are trying to create more of like a social political message as of right now like a lot of them are 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 bringing this this um uh, theme of like recurrence right that we did yeah. solve the problem that it's very much still <laughs> you know yeah of here no i mean it's amazing I, okay so let me tell you i was I, last night was one of my nights and i just was getting in cars and driving around and listening to the radio right. so last night i was driving around listening to the radio in one of the cars and there a news story came on and they were talking about two young um black men who were in their 20s whose mm. car had broken down and they went to someone looking for help so they went on they went to this guy's house knocked on the door and um to ask for help and he gunned them down on the front on the front porch oh and then of course got away with it and i was like wait 1968 new bordeaux no fuck that yeah. that's rakia boyd 19 that's the rakia boyd 2015 what the hell are you talking about yeah. right i mean so it is those moments and you're like okay they fucking nailed this right because it is those gut check moments that make you think about what you're hearing that has me driving all over and now i'm i gotta tell you me driving all over any place Mm -hmm. in a video game <laughs> is a feat because I can't drive worth a damn in a video game. <laughs> she tries to make fun of me, but I have seen her. Mm -mm. I, no, no, I'm not even going to hold you up. I don't stream games where I have to drive <laughs> because that shit is just embarrassing. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly going to take your word for it. I mean... <laughs> One thing that I, I will, you know, you know, stick my foot in is like driving is actually pretty good in Mafia Three. Try to make mm -hmm. it in my realistic. I think that's the point of uh most of the game, you know, dipped in realism and all that good stuff. Is that your way of saying I can't drive for real? Uh, uh, hey, no, I. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen you drive. You know? oh, listen, Sam, your car is like a fucking cyborg. Like you got all these robots and shit telling you what to do. You don't even know if you can drive. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I, um, to back up what you were saying, um, as far as uh, like some of the news stories that you hear, mm -hmm. um, even in uh, as you're like just driving down the street and you're just on the radio and you just have it have it on. There's two things that um, at, when I first saw it, it, I almost like completely passed over. But there's a conversation that Lincoln has with Father James. Um, it's much earlier on in, in the game. Mm -hmm. where um, Father James goes out and tells him, like, hey, uh, because of the actions that you've been making, there's a little bit more um, aggression that's been coming from the police force. Uh, because mm -hmm. one thing that they, they really wanted to pin down, right, in mm -hmm. Mafia 3 is um, the idea of, um, of the police pretty much... Um, uh, it pretty much mirrors a lot of what was happening in Louisiana in the 1960s, mm -hmm. where um, back in the day, you know, uh, this is, you know, stuff that my grandparents told me after I told them that I'm working on a game in Louisiana. Um, they were telling me that, you know, back in the day, um, it was it wasn't that divided, you know, racially. Um, there wasn't much racial seg segregation from like place to place. Mm -hmm. But what was upholding a lot of 
the um, segregation in those areas, it was more social segregation. And it was the police that was pretty much um, uh, guarding those social segregations, right? Like, especially in, in more, um, in more uh, heavy populated areas, um, which is why you see in, in French Ward, as well as more, um, uh, what's the word, rural places, uh, rural? I don't think that's the word I'm looking for. Um, suburb, suburban places like a, um, Frisco Fields, for example, where there's a high white population, mm -hmm. right? The police are there immediately when you do something wrong. But mm -hmm. go to Delray Hollow that has a much more black population, it's gonna take a longer time for the police to get there. Yeah. Um, and there's not much policing that's happening. Um, same thing with French Ward. French Ward is a very much policed area, but, but that's because of the fact that there is more um, racial diversity and thus more policing needs to happen in order to separate the social divide, basically. Um, so that was something that I thought was pretty interesting. That is really interesting. And I, and I have to say that, that yeah, the, the, the fact that, you know, in the uh, kind of more um, in the, the, in the, the predominantly um, black areas, you know, the cops like never come. It's like you can just like shoot everybody on the street and nobody right. even looks, 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 looks at it sideways, right. right? But then, of course, you know, they start looking at you sideways as soon as you walk into a right. predominantly white area. Um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, if anything happens, that somebody that you automatically get the pop up that goes, witnesses calling the police. And then I got to kill witnesses. And that's not right. But. Um, right. <laughs> But I noticed you didn't, you didn't like hesitate. You're like, I don't want to, but. <laughs> but, you know, but then I got to kill witnesses. That ain't right. Because um, you can't have the police on your tail. Right. Because um, I got things to do. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it, that is absolutely fascinating. It's just like these little things mm. um, about the game that just are like, you know, holy shit. Okay. But wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. Because <laughs> so we're going to go all into this. Cause, oh, but uh, we, we didn't even finish the the what you uh, reading, what you drinking. Um, what am I reading? I don't care. Um, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm anxious to get back to talking about mafia three D. You know? I had a question like I don't know ten minutes ago, but you just passed it, so I'll get back around to it later. <laughs> we'll get back around to it. We'll get back around to it. Um, what am I drinking? Um, so I went out and I scored. Um, Oh, uh, are you drinking it? I hate you. I, you. You love me. I went out and scored a couple of six packs of Ace Pineapple um, Hard Cider. Uh, okay. I love. I love this. It, stuff. This is so good. It is, and it, it's seasonal, <laughs> so we haven't been able to find it. And then <laughs> I found like the one place in town that still had a couple of cases, and um, so I got two. And then, and then I, there was like one left, and I called Alicia or I texted Alicia, and I was like, "I left one for you." <laughs> <laughs> it's like across town. I'm in my pajamas. I'm like, man, you're such an asshole. You should have brought that. Let me Venmo you. <laughs> now, see if you if I I should have texted you when I was there, and I would have picked it up for you. Um, yeah. See, asshole. I, I am an asshole. I wasn't even thinking. Um. Mm. So yeah, I'm drinking the uh, Ace Pineapple Hard Cider, which is my sec second favorite pineapple hard cider. My favorite is from a Michigan brewery, uh, Cider Boys. <sighs> Boys, pineapple favorite. apple. Mm. Yes, the uh, pineapple hula is what it's called. Yep. Yep. I was in Michigan. Business. Yes, I was in Michigan um, at the beginning of October, 
And I went to like three or four different liquor stores looking for this shit. I was like, somebody got to have it. Um, <laughs> nobody had it. So I came home really sad. And Alicia was mad at me because she was like, whatever you do, just fill up your car <laughs> with pineapple hula and drive back. So there was none to be had. She was upset. Um, but I did bring back some other Michigan beers. So maybe she didn't hate me quite so much because I did bring back some other Michigan beers. Right. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. And I think that covers what we're playing, what we're reading, what we're drinking. Let's get back talking about Mafia 3. <laughs> um. <laughs> I've never seen her this excited about a veggie game. I am, yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, this shit just, I mean, okay, so. <laughs> Sentences, Sam, like subject, predicate. I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm going to string words together in a comprehensible way. So. I'm a person of a certain age. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little older than most. Uh, I'm not old enough that I would have been, I would have been either or live nor cognizant of what was going on in 1968. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, uh, I have a real love um, for things going on in the civil rights movement and the like, time of the civil rights movement. And I have a real love of New Orleans um, mm-hmm. because don't get me wrong. My mother's a great mother. She's a great parent. But when I was 14, I went to New Orleans for my first time <laughs> <laughs> um, as a part of a teen group. And we had way too little supervision. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent a whole lot of time like um, in the French Quarter and in the Ninth Ward with folks I shouldn't have been hanging out with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I went back um, every year uh, to New Orleans pretty much for almost, yeah, I was 14, for about 10 years or so. So I spent a lot of time in New Orleans. Um, So you know, this game is like the, the and I've, and probably this is probably part of the reason that I was so interested in um, slave narratives because of this whole history of, um, of octoroon balls and such um, and people being quote unquote sold down the river, but kind of the, the richness of history um, and that a lot of it takes place right in that, in that area, geographical area. Um, so when this game came out, I was like, this shit is just for me. It's for me. It's not for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> they, they knew. <laughs> um, and so, and, and it's one of the reasons I think I'm enjoying the game so much because of, because of kind of um, my love of the time period more than anything else. Um, and because, you know, well, shit, I mean, shit I study is shit like social movements, shit I study is minority rhetoric, shit that I study is like why people, why black people mad and want to tear shit up. Um, black power <laughs> rhetorics, black power game studies, black power game studies, that's what I would call it, I'm telling you. Um, so this, so this game is, is absolutely fascinating to me, but I'm talking too much because I want to ask a question and I want you to tell us, Jashara. Joshua. Joshua. Joshua, <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. Point. I apologize. Joshua, yes. um, tell us, what exactly, um, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Uh, That's a good what, question. What did you do in this game? So um, to answer that question, uh, I have to 
kind of break down how the game is structured a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the game itself, the, the main goal of the game is to take out uh, basically the mob boss, right? Um, he's crooked. Nobody likes him. He's been double-crossing everybody. Lincoln Clay got backstabbed, and he wants to take him down, Marcano. Mm -hmm. So um, Marcano has lieutenants that are underneath him. Um, and there's, uh, I believe, one lieutenant per district or, or a few districts. Um, but pretty much it's divided. The entire gameplay is divided up into different districts. So um, your ultimate goal is to take out to the lieutenants first to work your way up to Marcano, who is mm -hmm. pretty much like the bread and butter. You want to take them out. Um, so what I worked on is that in these... Uh, districts. There's these small moments that uh, before you even get to the lieutenants um, that are called damage objectives. Mm -hmm. And what they are is that they essentially are small combat encounters where you pretty much uh, do damage to the different rackets that are there. So for example, um, there will be, um, for example, the construction yard. Um, they're, they're trying to get supplies for, you know, putting up construction and whatnot, you can go over to these construction damage yards to basically deal damage to their supplies. They don't have supplies anymore. Um, do enough damage to those damage yards, and eventually the lieutenant's pissed and is coming at you, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my main um, my main task, where to build upon these like small damage objectives, which ranged from, I believe, like four or five different districts. I believe mm -hmm. um, those being uh, downtown. Um, uh, I don't think Frisco Fields, but definitely downtown Delray Hollow. Um, one in West, Mar a few in West Mariah, I believe, and uh, two more: um, Point Verdun and um, one more that I can't seem to remember at the moment. But they're strewn about all over the place mm -hmm. for the most part. Yeah. So those 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 moments are a whole lot of fun because basically <laughs> this is where you just get to go in and tear shit up. Uh, Pretty much. <laughs> it's like, so you got to do, you know, $30,000 worth of damage, right? So you're going in and you're like busting up liquor stores and uh, right. blowing up files and in, in, in construction trailers and shit like that, right? Okay, y'all, if y'all listening, this this going to be full of fucking spoilers. Just be prepared for it. Um, <laughs> she can't help herself. I, I cannot help myself. Uh, I'm just there because I want to talk about this. Uh, and so it, it, that is, it, it's those moments, right? So it gives you those, gives you that time to just like go off and do stuff and explore the world, right? And they're usually like far enough apart that I do them because, like I said, I like driving around and listening to the radio. So it's like, okay, right. so I got to go all the way over there. I guess that means I got to steal somebody's car and go over yeah. there, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I can call my own car because I already have that ability. I can call my own car, but it's more fun to steal somebody else's car um, and drive oh. over there. And it's more fun to steal somebody else's car, not because I'm like some, you know, closet criminal, but... <laughs> But I am fascinated by the little things in this game, mm -hmm. like how the music that people are listening to 
changes, right? So it's like if you steal somebody Black's car, you're gonna get different music than if you steal somebody's somebody right. who's white's car. You may end up with James Brown if you <laughs> if you steal somebody's Black's car, but right. You know, and then at the same time, you're getting Roy Orbison if you piss <laughs> It's like, wow. What? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's amazing, right, just kind of the detail that is paid to these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm horribly impressed with it. Um, now, I will say that there was one point, uh, Joshua, if, it, if I had known that you were specifically responsible for these things, I would have been mad at you because <laughs> I was in one liquor store that was glitched. <laughs> and you know well, how you have to, the, the cabinets, you have to bust up all the cabinets. One yes, of those damn yeah. cabinets, no matter how many times I would push and hold X, it, it would blink, but the damn cabinet, the, the, the glass wouldn't break. Maybe you're okay. a bad criminal, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, most of them or a good chunk of them were me. Not all of them. I'm not <laughs> responsibility for the ones that's broken. Let's put it like that. That's somebody else. <laughs> all the broken ones, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, all the ones that work and they, they're perfect, that's, you could claim me. I think that's fair. That yeah. other guy's not here. Yeah, they're not here. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, some of the, one of the ones that are actually some of my favorites that actually get passed up a lot because they're not like, they're not mandatory missions for you to play the game. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite ones that I was able to help out with um, was uh, one that I believe is in, uh, I want to say it's in either Frisco Field or it's in Point Verdun. But there's basically like a block party that's going on. Mm. And there's cops like on the outside of the block party that's mm-hmm. like shutting it down. Mm. And they're like, getting drunk people off the street. There's like people throwing up. It's yes. ass mess. <laughs> and it was so fun to um, work on that one in particular. Cause there's just like little nooks and crannies that everything is happening at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that one. I remember that one and it was it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. It was like, you know, oh, so was this the one where they were carrying Danny? Uh no 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 that's in the the very beginning of the game yes um and that was in French Ward you're right yeah yeah okay so that was another one of those and that that was a, I guess a larger you know larger narrative moment um mm-hmm. but yeah no I know okay so I know what you're talking about okay but yeah. similar similar uh yeah. concept <laughs> yep. there's lots of there's lots of drunk drunken debauchery in this game so one of the things. Um, and we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the connections between uh, what was going on socially and politically in 1968 and the connections between what was going on now. There were a couple of moments, especially when they were, this was early in the game, right? When they were um, talking about the, um, the, the women who were being held as the thoroughbreds at, yes. what, 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 at Perlis. Yes. Um, and so after it, and i don't know if it was just because of you know because of when i got in the car but i was driving around in one of the cars um and it was a call-in show and and this one guy was called had called in and he was talking about the fact that these women um who were being held at perlas uh, were being were they were prostitutes yes but they were being reserved only for white men um, and, you know, because this was that the stable, right, that they were maintaining. Um, but the connections right. that he starts to draw between what's going on in Perla's and 
the history of sexual or sexualized slavery of women in color mm. in that area. I mean, it was like, I was like, okay, somebody really did their fucking homework, right? Because it was, it was, I mean, so those kinds of conversations, like I said, because I did my, I actually did my thesis on um, women's slave narratives, right? Mm. So, and I did lots of research. Um, I did lots of, of course, because I did a thesis, so I had to do lots of research. <laughs> so I, I did lots of research, but to be able to, to, hear this and to know that people were just kind of fucking spot on was Mm -hmm. incredibly impressive. Um, Right. Because, uh, you know, I was like, you know, this is, this is what we need. You know, people like to complain and and I'm sure I'm about to get myself in trouble. Mm -hmm. Not with you, Joshua. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I hope not anyway. (laughs) But, you know, with, with folks, Right. Um, I get really pissed off when I'm looking around and I'm, I'm seeing that, I won't say all, but a lot of game critics and game reviewers who are not people of color are writing shit about how they just, you know, find it all so offensive. Right, right. And I'm like... <sighs> yeah, all right. it's so... That's actually one of the wildest things. I actually had a conversation uh, with someone recently about that very specific matter <laughs> where someone was like, yeah, I don't understand Mafia 3. Like, like uh, you get, you know, uh, pushed out of like restaurants. Like you can't even stand in a restaurant or else someone will call the cops on you. You get called the N word a lot. Like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know, like, man, they're like really blatant about I'm realize point <laughs> like like it's supposed to happen in the so they're not exactly gonna out of those issues so mm-hmm. and and that's a part of our history right is this problematic well yes because our history is problematic so <laughs> there's not much we can do on that that front Right. I mean, that, that, and that, you know, that's my thing. I'm like, they're like, oh, that's so offensive. I, I don't understand. It's just, uh, you know, there's so much use of the N-word. That, like you said, you can't stand in a restaurant. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, hey, welcome to our fucking reality. Okay. Right. <laughs> May I? Yes, ma'am. All right. So. You're going to tell us why white people offended. I'm going to address my fellow whiteies <laughs> in the audience. <laughs> Dear white people, <laughs> please stop. Stop talking. Stop <laughs> acting all shocked. Put your pearls down. <laughs> sometimes, I know this is hard, sometimes things are going to happen in games that don't always center exactly around you. I know, it's tough. <laughs> but other people play games. I know, right? Uh and sometimes their perspectives on history are going to be like real shit that y'all did that y'all forgot that you did or you didn't think was a big deal. <laughs> so like all those times that your grandparents did this stuff, people were taking notes. Mm. <laughs> Here it is. And guess what? Your friends do it too because that's how Donald Trump is the presidential nominee. Chill <laughs> so, the fuck out and play a fucking game. Maybe, Maybe you learn something. 
Oh. Maybe you learned something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I just I, it makes me so mad when I read this bullshit. Oh. I would read this bullshit so often with so many games. And this uh, it doesn't surprise me, but shut up, y'all. Sh- just stop. <laughs> well, that's like you I'm know, done. Battlefield One is all blackwashed and shit. Oh my. <laughs> black, blackwashed, blackwashed. <laughs> Blackwashed. I'm yeah. ashamed. I'm ashamed of my. I don't people. think I've ever heard that term. It, it, nobody ever. has. You know why? Because some people made that shit up. Just making sure. I mean, listen. I teach bad. English. I I know what a word is made up. That is some made up <laughs> shit. <laughs> Blackwashed. That's the word. Stop it, please. Oh me. But yeah. I I I think the you know it, Mafia 3 I won't say it's a perfect game. I I'll, I'll go on record to say that. But what it does do is that it 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 definitely digs into those details. Mm-hmm. Right? Like um and, but the thing is is that most of them will get missed because a lot of people are uh or are pretty much surpassing them. Right, they're not playing the game in a, in an active light. They're playing them passively and just trying to get from mission to mission so they can beat the game, but not necessarily take part in the world that has been created for you to you know dig into for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah, so that's and, just my take on it. I love the game. Personally. You know what? I, I think you're right because a lot of the stuff it, because it's so nuanced. That it would be if you're not paying attention, if you're not listening, right? It is easy to miss, right? Or even if you don't identify with it, that's yes. what we need anyway, right? So many games are like, and I'm not trying to to rip on game designers in general, mm-hmm. but so many games are like slapdash, thrown together, and I know they're not like this. They, every game represents teams of people in hundreds of hours of work. But not all that work is on the surface, and the surface sometimes is sloppy. Maybe they're rushed. Y'all aren't getting paid enough. You guys are getting pushed into overtime. You know, the pressures on you are extreme. You got marketing coming in and telling you bullshit that's not to stop, stop with the marketing because it ain't true. Um, I get it. <laughs> but as, also as a, as a player, as a gamer who spends her very limited funds on games – I want games that are nuanced. I want games that have depth and things to notice and reasons to replay and take my time. Like I need more of that. I've been, yeah, I mean, I've been talking about this. Oh, I'm sorry, real quick. I've been talking about this for a couple of podcasts, but I've been hate playing Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, <laughs> which is a fucking terrible game. And there is no reason to wander around that city and explore. There's none. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that was it. Go ahead. You're the guest. <laughs> recently um (laughs) it's somewhat related in that um movie right can can pretty much determine your entire outlook on the entire movie itself right even if the movie is be a shit does it in like the other two thirds of the movie or even more so than that 
that they were making that I kind of agree with was that it all depends on overall. Of like movie, so you have Iron Man, for example. You have, uh, basically being Robert Downey Jr. throughout the entire movie. Yes, the ending can be shitty, but you still have Robert Downey Jr. being Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and himself. Um, so it still fits within the theme and you know the character. It fits within that space. Um, but you may have a completely different movie. Unfortunately, I don't I have one off the top of my head. But <laughs> if it makes like a tonal change at the very end of the movie, it's like, where the hell did that come from? Mm-hmm. So to bring it back right in the video games, and um, there's how we as developers view the game because we're looking from the inside, and then there's mm-hmm. how players view the game, which is from the outside in. And um, how most, not all, but most players view the game is through a almost purely emotional perspective, meaning how they felt at certain moments. So, um, for example, take, uh, I don't know, Journey, right? Journey makes you feel pieces of dread in some location, some pieces of absolute wonder in some locations, but the entire the entire time it's mostly about like complete bewilderment and but who's to say how the developers um you know viewed their project they may have intended for you to want those same emotions but obviously there's no saying how they felt um but to try to wrap it up in a nice little package right um from the game standpoint, as players, they understand the emotions. And sometimes the developers aren't able to bring those emotions as beats into their games. And I, I think that's a big, that's, that, that seems to be a failure as out of like AAA titles in general, in my opinion, that the beats or the details are, they, they're lacking, they're missing. Um, and I think that Mafia, like from a narrative standpoint, it, it's able to to gather those beats and it's able to gather those like narrative details and even like throughout the world that was kind of like the micro missions that i was working to go sure that those like very small details were being throughout the game not to run on no no you're you're good and i think you're making a very good point but i will say this um, sam and i were just recently reading this book called mm-hmm. How Games Move Us, Emotion by Design, Catherine Isbister. Um, and it talks kind of about that, right? Like, we talk about games, like it's just games, like all games are games. But we don't talk that way about movies or books or anything else. Like, it's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so think, think blockbuster action films. They might tug at your heartstrings a little bit, like when the hero's in peril or like his girlfriend gets killed or whatever, you know, but for the most part, they're there for excitement and energy, and there's this different set of emotional beats. And then you have smaller movies, which are like your game equivalent of Journey, right, that are meant to tug at emotions and do mm-hmm. very specific things. Mm-hmm. And we need to talk about games this way, too, in these very different categories, these very different purposes, so that you don't get, sometimes, this is what we do get, I think, are AAA titles that are trying to be all things for all people all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah. It's messy. 
I agree. <laughs> and that that's pretty much the the argument like if we're if we're looking if we're trying to mirror it to the um if we're trying to mirror it to, you know, our 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 predecessors being, you know, the movie industry, um it it is pretty much the the blatant difference between a blockbuster film and an indie film. Yeah. Like there, there's very much uh much more mostly out of you know lack of money or resources or um uh, certain capabilities they're trying to do more with the tools that they have right as opposed to trying to reach a mass market but then you also have a little bit more freedom to be creative that you don't have maybe making a triple a title when you're only allowed maybe to be creative in certain ways right 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 so it works both ways correct and you know what that was one of the things that that I found interesting about this game, and, and like whenever I see you know when you whenever you start the game, you get that that big splash screen um, that tells you like all the different people, and and all the and all the kind of different companies that have worked on this game. And I was like, when I first turned it on, I was like, shit, that's a whole lot of people, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then having it was a whole lot of people, right? It's like, but having all of those people at the same time kind of gives you that ability to focus on the nuance. Right, because it's not just one large group of people or one group of people being asked to do everything. Right, like you know, like you said, you you guys were tasked with um, focusing on those kind of smaller moments, right? And because different people were tasked with focusing on different parts, then they were able to almost hyper focus on those things and just right. make and make that shit just like pop, because yeah. it really does. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I I agree. So you know, I was so you know, I'm like kudos on that shit. I was like, you know, and and I hope this game game like sells gangbusters. As a matter of fact, I think I'm buying everybody a fucking copy for Christmas just to make sure. Okay, <laughs> sign me up because I've been watching some videos and I'm really upset that I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. <laughs> like you getting a copy and you getting a copy. I'm buying my mother a copy. Like she's like an over over here, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm getting mama a copy, right? <laughs> yeah, I think the narrative speaks wonders. Um, that's that. That's obviously Mafia's biggest strength. So, actually, like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, the only thing I was about to say was that it's it, uh, it's critical for as as a as a video game, right? You have certain liberties because of the fact that it's interactive. It's not just a movie. You actually sometimes, well, the, the whole point of it being a video game is that you sometimes feel as this character, like, yeah. oh, they're fucking with me because <laughs> I'm black, because you're playing as a black character. Um, and I don't know, th that's a certain liberty that you have versus like, for example, like watching a Spike Lee film, like you might not have that connection that's there. But anyways, I, I want to say, I, I think that, that that is necessary. Exactly what you said right there. And it, it makes me so angry that so many people, we've talked to some people who've streamed the game and they've had some really, like, some resistance, you know, people coming in and being assholes, racist motherfuckers as they do. But it, it upsets me specifically that there's resistance to this game because I think people really need that, Okay. White mm -hmm. folks, y'all need to embody some black men and see how that is. And it's good then that the game is set, I think, in the past because it gives a little bit of distance. If this should have been set in the present day with everything that's going on, oh my God, I don't know. People would have, I don't know. 
they would have freaked out. They would have said, yeah. the Xboxes <laughs> we, we, we can think about, like, the civil rights era is, like, not real. It's in the past. I mean, white people, not black people, obviously. White people can be like, oh, that's some old shit. That's all over, right? Because we've, we've achieved, like, post-raciality because yeah. we have a black president, right? So everything's okay. Like, there's no more racism. You know how <laughs> right. we do. Um, <laughs> so we can look at this with some distance. But we need this kind of experience. And this is where video games, I think, can serve a very specific cultural purpose. Right? Those moments that you can embody that and understand what it feels like to have somebody fuck with you for something that you can't control. Yeah. And it's wild that that's a very new concept. There was even, I think there was actually a, a, a kind of a multiplayer game, an online multiplayer game. I, I, forgive me, I don't of the game is but i'm i know it exists um <laughs> is in that um one of the choices game it's a uh, roguelike so every time you play the game like you'll die and you have to start completely over mm-hmm. and it's very sake and it's two choices that they made actually the first of which is that you're not able to choose who you are rust completely customize it's not, it, it's randomly generated. The character every time that you re-enter the game. Mm-hmm. And you may be randomly generated as a black male. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the second choice that they made is that you're able to chat with other people in the game. Now, neither of these are a, like a core mechanic of the game at all. It's almost like an afterthought, but it's kind of brilliant in that um, obviously there's like much, many more white people that are playing this game other than black people. But if you somehow get randomly generated as someone that's black, there are people that have like came out and said like, they had racial slurs that were said to them. Like as a white person that's mm-hmm. playing as a black avatar, um, they felt like <laughs> shitted on <laughs> for, for lack of a better damn like I feel bad like um, it, it's a very subtle it's a very subtle choice but it's genius because it's one it it reinforces that it's something that's like you know out of your control yeah uh, as well as two you also can't control the environment that's around you like the, the people what they may say to you, you there's no, they, they decided to not have any um, censorship in that matter. So I thought those were brilliant. And people I wish had I, it. I, yeah, yeah, they did. Pretty, they lost it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, how dare you? How dare, how dare you make me be black? <laughs> it's rough, right? Maybe you yeah. should take that with you back into the world. <laughs> my god but i definitely agree with the sentiments that that i think um uh video games or the interactive media as we know it um is ex- extremely strong in trying to get others to basically feel a certain type of way mm-hmm. right about a different perspective that they might not even thought of or completely ignorant of well it, there's the potential for it right because more often than not it's you're gonna play a brown-haired guy with a day's worth of stubble well yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the potential yeah. is there and we see it come out in games like this mm-hmm. 
and yeah. it can be it, i think if we if we saw more games that were willing to take a risk like this games have the potential to change things more than maybe anything else yeah at least that's the hopeful uh <laughs> the hopeful viewpoint well, as academics, we'll say it's more than hopeful because you're embodying these characters. I don't know, Sam. I'm not trying to speak for you, but I think that that's what the research tells us, right? <laughs> that's what the research tells us. You know, and that, that's the thing is we were we were talking about this um, on a on another podcast because we were recently on another podcast. That episode has come out yet, so we're not gonna like spoil it completely. But um, yeah, it was good though. It was good though, yeah. You gotta watch that one. You gotta, you gotta listen to that one. But we were talking about, you know, talking about it, and I was like, you know, so for the most part, it was. I was able to go through the game, and yes, I, you know, you you here you absorb right the um, the slurs that get thrown at you. You pay close attention to how people respond to you differently in different neighborhoods, right? Mm -hmm. Things like how, and then like like we said before, things like how quickly the police respond. But it is those moments, right? And but okay, so let me let me stop, let me slow down, let me back up. <laughs> <laughs> Words together in a sentence. Um, so I was able to, for the most part, kind of just roll with those things um, as the game went on, and I and, and kind of be more analytical about it, right? And just kind of be fascinated by it. But then at the same time. And I, and I told this story and I was like, one day I had just had a really bad day and I came home and I was like, you know what? This was one of the days where those small missions where you just get to tear shit up came right. in real handy, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, that was the day that like all witnesses died. And it was like, <laughs> I might have I let a couple people see me just so I could kill them. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you and you. And I'm going to kill you for looking at me funny. Right. But it was like that day that I was like, you know, playing the game. And then I was walking along and I bumped into this guy and he was like, watch where you going, nigga. And I was like, I'm your last nigga. <laughs> and I turned around and like shot his ass. And then I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But it is those moments that, you know, you realize that mm -hmm. as a person of color playing these games and absorbing these things and realizing and recognizing, right, that we're supposed to be playing this game set almost 50 years ago, mm -hmm. right? That, uh, set about years ago, right? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, how old am I? Right? Set almost <laughs> 50 years ago. I'm not telling this story again. Um, set almost 50 years ago that is supposed to demonstrate to us how problematic racial relations were in the South. Right, because people always like to say she was real fucked up in the south, right? But when we're looking at this and we're looking at the fact and considering the fact, and the game is making us recognize the fact that the same shit is going on today all over the United States, right? And those right. moments that you know, those are like those are like gut punch, wake up, wake up, this motherfucking coffee moments. Friends, go and look up the story of Henry Dumas. I'm glad that you were just reading him. Yeah. <laughs> because that shit looks like it could have been a headline from the New York Times last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To bring it back it, full circle. Yeah. It hasn't <laughs> ended. It hasn't ended. No. Um, it's actually, you know, now that you mentioned, what you said was pretty interesting in the matter that uh, you, there is just that small moment, right? It's, it's those, those microaggressions, right? Yes. 
where someone just literally said like, yo, like watch out or get out of my way, like watch it, nigga. Like, like pretty much um, it's, it's those small moments that build up and then eventually you snap. Yes. Yes. I'm just in a controlled environment, a controlled virtual re environment, you know, obviously might not happen necessarily within within the real world, but it speaks volumes to, um, you know, why people are like, oh, why are there rents and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, that build up and eventually over time, people are going to snap if mm -hmm. the solution does not, does not come to a, you know, if, if there's not a solution that's, that's coming, a frustration that's built up over literally generations. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just found that very interesting, uh, that, that, that small, you know, little detail that you, that little anecdote that you pointed out. That was, that was... And I wonder, when reviewers talk about not feeling that there's enough to the open world aspect with this game, if it's because shit like that doesn't affect them in the same way. <laughs> I keep wondering every time I read a review about this game, I'm like, mm, is that because you're white? Like, I don't, I don't know because I, I have not played. I've been listening to Sam. Boy, Sam does not shut up about this. I've watched videos. I've been reading a lot of things. We <laughs> talked about this for a video. We've done some other things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know a lot about the game, and I've just been wondering if a lot of these nuances and things that like Sam is really excited about just don't have the same impact on other reviewers. I'm I'm not entirely sure but uh what I what I might have a theory about is that I feel as if they're trying to take a, an objective standpoint because from my perspective yeah, the way I think that they're mostly reviewing it is on a strictly when I don't think that this is Oh, geez. Um, I don't know if you're to the. I'm not going to give it all away. No spoilers. <laughs> Opinion. It's it's a, a very good game, and it is a parody. Uh, or rather, um, almost a critical analysis person shooters as a whole. Of course, if you have you know read Heart of Darkness, then you 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 might where the story itself is going. But um, the point that I'm trying to make is that uh, when they reviewed and, and they also reviewed Mafia Three, it was at a very strictly like gameplay basis. Um, where, yes, you know, some of the gameplay in Mafia 3 is, like, kind of repetitive if you look at it from, like, an over, like, objective view. And the gameplay that's in Spec Ops The Line, it's honestly kind of rudimentary. It's not that good, not that polished. But mm -hmm. the messages that they're trying to purvey in both of them were almost of another level. Right. So just the way that I think that... Um, a lot of 
reviewers, like especially in video games in general, or I guess like any media, I guess technically, that are trying to rate on like a one to ten basis. They're trying to fit within a criteria when some games just kind of don't fit within that criteria. Yeah. I don't know. That's the way I feel. You know what? I will take a game like Mafia 3 that might be a little bit repetitive <laughs> mechanically over a mechanically perfect game with a shitty narrative any day of the week. Because let me say, and, and, and the, the funny thing is, like I said, there, there are several things that are very telling for me when I think about my own experience for me as a gamer with this mm-hmm. game. One, I'm driving around and I can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I am not in a rush to finish this game. Mm-hmm. And I play a lot of games. I play a lot of games. I buy a lot of games. Um, so what I end up doing is I'm like, okay, I'm gonna fit. If I'm gonna finish this game, I'm gonna hurry up and finish this game so I can move to the next one. So I'm skipping all the side missions and I'm going straight for the narrative missions because I want to see what's gonna happen next and I want to be done with it so that I can play the next game and have the next experience. This one, right. I'm like, no, I'm all about this experience and I want to experience the whole fucking thing, right? right? So, okay, so, okay, we're talking about experience and the whole fucking thing. We're going to talk about collectibles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hang on. Before you do that, okay. can I, may I say something? Yes. I, I, I totally agree with you. I've played a lot of games that I feel like are very natural, perfect, well-scaffolded, whatever. But you know what? They were boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I didn't care about them. But then you take, let's say, for example, a game like State of Decay. <laughs> uh which now between the two versions I have about a thousand hours in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and I also play a lot of games, so you got to think about that. Uh, but where the combat is essentially like you press X a lot on the controller mm. and you drive around a lot and you search houses and you do the same things over and over a lot. But I am invested in that game because the characters and their relationships mean something because mm. the stakes are high because lives are on the line and like there's something there. And this is where I think I, I agree with Catherine and Mr. about like separating games into categories and everything. But I also really strive for a game that has action and. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's what makes games exciting. You might die. Motherfuckers after you. <laughs> <laughs> and you care. It's not about like, oh, I'm just going to stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. I'm going to reload. It's fine. Mm. But like, you care. Right. And every time Sam, when Sam starts talking about this game, that's what I hear from her is that she cares about this game. And that's what makes me want to play it. <laughs> because I want to care. Like all the games. Yeah. I, yeah. And, I, and that speaks wonders. Right, that you're taking the time to, to um, pretty much soak in the world. Mm-hmm. That's there. I, I think that speaks volumes as generally how how um, how one person may play the game versus another. If you're just trying to play to beat it, right, just to get to the end, and that's your only goal, mm-hmm. you may not enjoy the game as much. And that's that's strong opinion. Yeah, because you, you're missing, you're missing all the good shit. You're missing, like you said, like oh. I said, you, you're missing the, you're missing the stuff on the radio. You're missing. I mean, and it's not just stuff on the radio, but it's conversations that people are having on the street. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? 
I mean, you like it's like I've been like walking along on the street, not something, and I've done this a lot too, just like walking around. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, that's only like 300 clicks. I better go ahead and walk that because I could probably walk there faster than I can drive there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm real bad at driving. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, in, in all seriousness, so sometimes just just to walk through the neighborhoods and to hear people talking, to hear people talking about personal romantic relationships, to hear people talking about what went on at work, to hear people talking about racism that they've experienced, to hear people talk about sexism they've experienced, to hear people talk about like the things that are going on in the world around them. Yeah. These stories, right? If you don't listen to these stories, you miss out on so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, because I, when I play this game at at night, I um I play with I play with headphones because I want to hear it all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that and the fact that I don't want my kid to like oh she like have nightmares because all she's hearing is people like shouting <laughs> racial slurs and and gunshots. Can <laughs> 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 you imagine? No, I can't. <laughs> But, you know, kind of all of that stuff that comes together is, like, fucking phenomenal. I want to get back to these collectibles. So (laughs) I'm not not going to be swayed. So when I first started playing and and the first collectible popped up, and I was like, what what the hell is that, right? So, Alicia, you haven't played this. So in the game, there's collectibles, right? And let's Mm -hmm. see if I can remember. That's all you have to say, really, to get me to play a game. There's collectibles. (laughs) So you go around and you will find things in um, buildings, Right, and sometimes they're in buildings that you have to go into. Sometimes they're in buildings that you gotta like break into to get into. Oh, and fuck people, yes! And, yeah, see, you you like you like the horde chick, <laughs> um, and so you have to like you have to like sneak past people to get in, or they gonna call the police on you. Then you gotta kill them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> stuff like so, there's Playboy magazines, there are Hot Rod magazines, there's album covers, there's um, Paintings. Um, and what else am I missing? I want to say all of them. Is that quality? Um, that might be all of them. Yeah. So there's at least those four. Right. So you have to go around and you have to collect these things. Now, you collect these things. And interestingly enough, you can go into your menu and see kind of the actual uh, the actual like paintings you can like leaf through the magazines so yeah you can leaf through all the old 1968 60 I think 67 68 maybe I right. haven't seen I've been I've been I've been I've been watching I've been going through them because I'm waiting to see don't tell me I don't want you to tell me I've been waiting to see if one of the playboys I collect is the Malcolm X issue <laughs> see because if they have the one with like the Malcolm X interview in it I'm I'm there for that yeah. I have not yet found That'd it. Be so great. I know. I know. So at first I was like, oh, really? I got to go around and collect all this porn. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of mad. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I, 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 I am a child of, of the 70s. We're going mm. to say, say it that way. I'm a child of the 70s. And you know what? I don't know many black men in the 1970s that didn't have a stash of Playboy magazines back in the day, right? So, and so I, you know, I almost can't get mad. So, I mean, it's these very specific kinds of magazines, but they're also kind of parts of who Lincoln Clay is as a person, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's Playboys, but then there's Hot Rods because he gives a whole lot of, he gives a whole lot of care about his car, Right. right? 
Um, and then, like I said, there's the there's the other um, the kind of uh, risque port, uh, paintings, um, and then there's albums and that the the music in that game and that has been a thing for me, um, and probably a big reason why everything that I've been writing about this game has has kind of made me think about. Yeah, you've been really tuned in to me. To the music. <laughs> tuned in. Mm-hmm. In a big way. I do like that, though, in general with the collectibles, because so often collectibles and games are like, here's some bullshit that we decided was, like, important. It's here's Alan Wake with some services. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a big, it was a big note, too, um, the, that the collectibles were things that people actually collected in that time period. Yep. That was a big that they had. That is great. It's just Sam, I'm waiting for Christmas. I need my copy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited now. She's okay. like, uh, Christmas in November. Can I get my copy? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this game is is just like rocking my world. I am I am so there for it. Yeah. I am so there for it. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So you still I'm working on the game? So you tell me you working on the DLC is what you telling me, right? Uh, I'm not saying anything is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, you're not telling secrets, huh? Uh -uh. (laughs) And so here's a funny thing. When I bought the game, I was like, because this this was the joke. Um, we, We talked about this with a whole bunch of different people. Um, like other game scholars of color, um, folks in general. And we were all sitting around waiting for this game to come out going, this game better be what we think this game going right. uh, oh to be. Oh my gosh, she was uncontrollable. Yes, we <laughs> we just like out there, right? We were just mad. And um, so when the game came out, I was like, no, this game is going to be what I want it to be. I was like, it's going to be what I want it to be. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pre-order it. But I'm not pre-ordering the copy with the uh, season pass just to be on the safe side. Right, so, right. So that way I'm only wasting $60 instead of $80. <laughs> now I'm mad as hell that I didn't get season pass to go back and buy it separate. Um, or the collector's edition, because the collector's edition is pretty dope. You know what? Mm-mm. I don't need to hear that. I'm not going to tempt you, but what I will say is that you, the music that you've kind of been like ranting about mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. final copies, one of which is of the, like the soundtrack that's in the game. That's the stuff you hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. And the second one is the game score. I have a record player at home. I've been bumping it, you know, every <laughs> now and then. Who's gonna put that out there? Put it into the universe. Who knows what happens afterwards? Okay, so can I tell you that I have been listening almost exclusively to music from 1967, 1968, 1969 <laughs> since this game came out. <laughs> I have listened to like, I mean, just like, uh, you know, like, okay, now. This is getting real old, right? Roberta Flack and Donnie Hathaway. The other day I listened to, all day long, I listened to Sam Cooke, Otis Redding. Who was I listening to? Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, and Marvin Gaye. All oh. day all day long. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, this 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 game got its hooks in me in a big way. It's like affecting everything. You know, my my daughter was sitting in the was sitting in the back seat of the uh, sitting in the back seat of the car today, uh, singing like old Motown shit because that's all she's been hearing lately. <laughs> Is that her Motown doll with her? Because that'd be so great. That's wild. <laughs> She's like, well, fuck it. I guess that's where we are now. So might as well yeah. go ahead and party with this shit, you know? <laughs> like, if you're rocking with it, I guess I am too. <laughs> I got no choice. And, you know, and then like Nina's, I mean, just like, and, and then like the real kind of, you know, radical... Uh, like the real radical shit, right? The shit, the shit of the movement, right? Lots of Nina, Sim- Nina Simone. I was like, one day she got in the car and it was like Mississippi, goddamn. And I was like, oh, never mind. You ain't supposed to be show you. <laughs> I was like, certain shit you can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> but some real shit, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are things like I said. There are things about this game that just won't let go, and that were just spot on, and. The music, but to know, because see, you're a youngin'. Uh, you so I remember in the seventies, uh, like our parents like listening to the music of the late sixties, still mm-hmm. even and the early seventies. That was the thing that you know all the parents would listen to on Sunday morning. Mm. Uh-huh. So you would hear this, like you would hear this on the weekends, right? Or, you know, when, when your parents were having a party and you were supposed to be asleep, but you know they had the music up loud. This was the music that you heard, right? And and to hear this again and to recognize, it's been kind of a real kind of deal for me, because to recognize that I lived kind of during this period, yeah. but of course I was way too young to know what was going on. Yeah. And to think back and go, well, shit, our parents were living this shit. Yeah. Or my parents, anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, for you... Not mine. No, not yours. <laughs> but for you, Joshua, it would be like your grandparents, right? Yeah. Correct. I mean, and that's the... Oh, damn, that makes it... Am I old enough to be your mama? Um, <laughs> that was kind of a realization for a minute there. <laughs> um, but I mean, but know, that really puts it in perspective yeah, about... Going back to what we were saying about how it's it's not ancient history. No. Right? Like the first person that was to a non-segregated school, she's like 65 years old. Yeah, she just had a birthday. Right. 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 Like this ain't ancient history. Like this people still live in that. No, but people act like white people act like, oh, it's so long ago. The world is so different now. Like, nope. They, they're still alive. This is still. They're still alive. They're very much alive still and kicking. Right there. Look, I must say, look half better than most of the people that are old. <laughs> okay, but that that makes me. There's a question I want to ask you, and it's a slight segue away, but related. I have a question. So our friend who introduced us to you says very speaks very highly of you as a teacher. Says that you are a very gifted teacher. Honestly, that. I I have really not much to say about that for the most part because I don't no. know. I don't have an introspective view of. But that's not what I want to ask well, you about. Well, I do. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say that's what she says. So okay. in light of that, how does it feel to work on a game like this that does have the potential to teach people? Knowing that you have that other part of your life, that other thing that you've done, and now you're doing this. 
Do you think about uh, it? Honestly, is uh, what is it mostly because I put myself, um, I put myself into a teaching role. I've been uh, since you've mentioned it. It. You know, I could tell if I were, for example, like a professor or a TA, I could tell you, oh, go read this book and you can, you know, get what you want. Not everyone reads, though, and not everyone reads critically mm-hmm. at the same time. Tell you play this video game. You already spend in hell of time. Play this one and literally just spend take five minutes from you doing a mission and go inside this white neighborhood neighborhood and see what happens and record how you feel and I, I, I like using if you use mafia 3 as a teaching element it's a feel like that's a powerful medium because it's not just a matter of analyze from that situation but also what you felt in that exact moment I don't know. It's it's a that's interesting to me. I I I don't think I've ever thought about using mafia as a teaching credential. But I mean, if you want to get people engaged and also um, thinking about you know nineteen sixties Civil War era Louisiana, it's pretty accurate. It's pretty damn accurate the way I see it. Yeah, Sam. Can we keep him? Can we? Did you say can we keep him? Uh (laughs) (laughs) I think he got a job. (laughs) Okay, but if he got work to do, because I need more. I need more. uh, (laughs) I mean, I'll be here for for talking. You know, I'm cool to talk. Yeah, I I can. uh, I can say that uh, we, 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 depending on what the uh, the DLC looks like, we might have to have some more conversations. Because um, I can only see Same good things. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> Since he's not telling stories. <laughs> we want him to keep his job, okay? Yes, I know. I know. <clears throat> In the... In the in the um, you know side of it, like I think that's to me. I I very much envy the people that are on the education side because that's that's where you impact people. I feel like more entertainment. That's just me personally saying that. But I'm glad y'all enjoy the game <laughs> and enjoy talking about it. Oh, I'm having way too much fun talking about it. <laughs> People gonna be sick of hearing me after a while. I don't care. They still gonna hear me. Right. <laughs> Point blank, period. You don't wanna hear that shit, don't listen. <laughs> Please listen to our podcast and also visit the website at nymgamer.com. <laughs> Sometimes we talk about other shit, I, I swear. <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> Not me anyway. That's all I have on my Ain't gonna happen. You're like, oh, there's no sample. That shit must be about Mafia 3. 
That's oh. all right. That's all right. Beautiful, beautiful. It's all good. I'm so glad that we got to talk to you. Thank you. That was fun. I it was. It. I got to talk to y'all as well. This was very. <laughs> it's very uh, pleasant. We're okay. I'm better than she. It was chill. It was okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> y'all were cool. I really appreciate the conversation. So we may well, ask. I, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, you can always come back. You have a home here. Come back. Talk to us again. <laughs> it, hey, it, if you invite me back, I'll be back. That's that's how it works. Yay. All right. That makes me happy. At least you didn't scare somebody away. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, Joshua, thank you very much for uh, for coming and talking to us about this game. Um, thank you so much for dedicating your talent and your time to this game as well. Even though you did, you know, put that bug ass cabinet in that liquor store. Um, yeah. <laughs> Damn! Like I said, that, that ain't me. <laughs> That's that other guy. And I blame you. That's another dude. <laughs> Gonna come at him with those problems. <laughs> you send him that message for me, then when you see him at work tomorrow. I will send a written letter. <laughs> um, so I guess for now, that's gonna bring us to the end of episode 140. <laughs> um, well, we've talked a whole lot about Mafia 3. Um, and by the time you hear this, I'm sure you're gonna read more about Mafia 3 on the site, and then you're probably gonna read some more about it later. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, check back in about three months, and she might be done. <laughs> Either that, or Alicia will just start dis- deleting my posts off the site when I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, as I said, that brings us to the end of episode 140. So until next time, when we have episode 141, where we're going to talk about Mafia Three some more and probably some other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> We would definitely like to say, stay warm, stay dry, and as always, my friends, game on. Game on. Game on.